Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we are again, empowering chats with Susan Burrell, and we're riffing on the word empowerment for 2020. And we're now on the second E in the word empowerment. And when I was working this word, it brought up all sorts of interesting stuff. So I'm just going to throw it out there for you to think about for over the next uh, few weeks. The word is emancipate. And emancipate means to free from restraint or influence. And I use it as freeing from the inner bondage, the things that are keeping us stuck. So freeing yourself from your past beliefs or your past story or the, the thing that you run around with all the time. Emancipate yourself from that. Release it so that you can live an empowered life in 2020 and beyond. <laughs> and here's our show for today. So welcome to this month's theme, which is emancipate, which I uh, looked up in the uh, dictionary and I know emancipate is a trigger word. It's a trigger word, uh, but you know what? It's a good trigger word. And what I found out in the definition is it's free from restraint or influence, free from inner bondage. That's how I translated that. Releasing yourself from your past, you, you know, how you had who you had to be to survive for your family, for love, for success, and all of that. But I, I am, because I'm continually on the journey, I am uncovering that this word emancipation was brought to me in meditation because it's what I am personally still working on. Yeah. So before we dive into that, <laughs> I want to let everybody know that I have a Facebook group. This is where we're doing some deep, transformative, sustainable inner work. It's called Live, Live an Empowered Life or Live Your Empowered Life group on Facebook. Um, I am starting on June 9th a book study of my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey. That is a workbook based on all the um, things I did to come out of my divorce healthy and whole and find a new second half of life that's happier than I've ever been and loving myself than I ever have before. And I imagine after this conversation today, you'll kind of get why I wrote that book. The other thing I want you all to know is I am currently offering 30 minute free, yeah, you heard it, free uh, sessions with me and you can go to my website susanburrell.com and click on contacts and click on 30 minute session and you can book one with me if you want to find out more about what I do or you just need somebody to be present with you as you as you deal with what you're going through. Uh, I guess that's it for the preamble. Woohoo! <laughs> so emancipate, free from restraint or influence. So I'm going to tell you my story. Um, I've been afraid to tell my story out loud because then it gets archived in the ethers of cyberspace and internet stuff. 
Um, but I have had to come face to face with it again. So, so uh, warning notice, when you do this inner work, while I say it's sustainable, the reason why it's sustainable is you really do have to go back in at certain times, stay consciously awake and do the work again. And so like at the beginning of this year, I realized I was going to teach my book, right? A six week book study. And that's what's starting on June 9th on Zoom, a six week book study with me. Um, so I, and when I realized I wanted to teach it, I also got kind of knocked upside the head again, recognizing that I needed to do the work again. And so when I did this work in my book, leading my students that wanted to work with me, I was still uncovering, you know, uh, hidden stuff, right? And it wasn't even hidden stuff. You know, it's like when you do this, when you do this um, consciousness work, right? Internal work, you think, oh my God, well, I dealt with that. Why is it coming up again? The, the, the reason why it's coming up again is because there's a new layer, right? to deal with, or you've been triggered. Okay, that was my experience, being triggered again. And so you default to old behavior that keeps you submerged in the muck. So I realized when I was doing the book with my students, uh, and I, when I teach, I always do the work in parallel with, um, in tandem with the students. Uh, so that I can really hear more deeply being an intuitive healer, more deeply what other people are going through as well. And so when I did the book study in January, the big thing that came up for me was trust, trusting, trusting myself, trust. That's been like a big um, crux in my life, my entire life, trusting myself, not believing I was valuable or worth it my entire life. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, you know, there comes a place for most people, God, I hope it's most people and not some people where you do trust yourself. You don't doubt yourself. You, you do develop esteem, especially after you've grown. Oh, so many years. And I've had, Oh, so many years under my belt. And, uh, but I find that I get, triggered or there's a small snag if you will that completely catapults me backwards into not trusting myself not believing myself no it's not even not believing just not trusting and uh several months ago so i'm getting to my point of emancipate several months ago i did uh an interview with michelle nagel I invite you all to uh, go find this podcast because for me, it was eye-opening. And Michelle Nagel is doing uh, trauma work, right? She was um, a victim of abuse in her family of origin. And then she was a victim. I said that word victim of a narcissistic marriage. And the reason why I say victim is because as she started describing what the components of a narcissist is while I was interviewing her, I realized that was who I had been married to for 28 years. God bless 
all of us. God bless him and God bless my son as I'm talking about this. Because I didn't understand. While I was in that 28-year marriage, trying to make it work, yabba-dabba doing, running as fast as I could to try and make everything work, as I was being devalued until I was a pile of mush, I'm saying a nice word, I didn't understand. And Michelle like opened my eyes. I got triggered. I, I mean, you have to ask my friends and family. That week after I interviewed Michelle, I, I went under the covers because I recognized that I had been living with that. I had been living with a covert, aggressive narcissist for 28 years. So my story begins really with my mom. And the reason why I'm talking about this uh, during the month of emancipation, the theme, is because I didn't know, well, you never know what you don't know, right? That's just true for anything, whether you're involved in a narcissist or, you know, you're just trying to figure out what my life purpose is kind of thing. You just don't know what you don't know until you've grown some, you've lived some, right? So my um, journey with narcissism began when I was born as a small child. Isn't that wonderful? Because my mom is that. And now she's in her mid eighties. She's doing a, a life review, which really is just one of those loops in her mind of how do I get other people to continue to pay attention to me, whether it's uh, creating and then uh, collecting diseases so she can have more pharmaceuticals or whether it's really true. And I think a narcissist thinks that what they see is true. Now that's kind of scary to me, but to give, to give a little, I think they think it's true. And so as I grew up, my mom manipulated and controlled me in such a subtle way, hence covert, right? That I went to her all the time for advice. Now, often, you know, to be honest, her advice was solid. You know, her information was good. In fact, she had my two best friends in high school, junior high, high school. They would show up at my house, sit around the kitchen table, talking to my mom while I finished my homework. Right. And then, and they thought my mom was spectacular. Now, my mom was spectacular. Often her friends would come to her asking her advice, right? So this is the way she got fed as a narcissist. She became important being a housewife, right? She was a housewife. My mom is really smart. She could have been so many other things, but she chose to be a housewife or maybe she didn't choose, right? Uh, anyway, that I digress on that. So it became, my mom was the go-to person, not only for my friends, but her friends. Um, even our housekeeper would sit down at the kitchen table and talk about her problems. And my mom would come up with solutions that were really, really good. But this is how a narcissist draws people. They want you to think that they are, are really doing good things. They want you to think that... Um, 
what they're talking about has to do with you when really what it has to do with is what they can do to make themselves look good. And they don't really care about you. So as I grew up, um, I went to college, as you do, very healthy thing. First time I'd been in, and I went 45 minutes from my house, people. That's like ridiculous, right? But when I got to college, I felt a release of freedom that in that, you know, being my 18-year-old self, I didn't know what that was. Um, so I began to, you know, not go home to do laundry. Why would I go home to do laundry? There was always somebody to see on the weekend, some fun thing, a party. And my mother imploded because I, in hindsight, and anybody that's been through this will recognize this, I had become her source. We talk about source energy all the time. I had, become, I had be, been her source of um, reflection of how wonderful she is, of um, the person she could control most and tell what to do and things like that. And uh, I didn't know it at the time. And so my mother went into uh, menopause and kind of had a mental breakdown because I wasn't there to control or manipulate. And my father wasn't having any of it. And my brother, well, my father was trying to understand and I'll get to that in a minute, but my brother wasn't having anything of it. Good on him because I took the brunt of the narcissism. I took the brunt of the covert operation. I took the, uh, I took it all because I was the oldest. So then what happens is uh, you think that that's a normal relationship. And this is, I'm reading this book that Michelle Nagel recommended. It's called The Covert Passive Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza, M-I-R-Z-A. I have already underlined almost every sentence in the foreword and the preface. Are you kidding me? Because there I am. How did she know me? She doesn't know me, but this was my life. This was my life as a child. This was my life as a young adult. This was my life in marriage, in friendship. It was, it's, it's astounding. And one of the things that happens when you're involved with a narcissist is they devour your esteem. I, I say devour. They, they make it they make you feel like you are worthless. And so when I went to college, I was worthless. And I knew, I walked around, I was, I remember walking, I have a great group of friends from college now, but I remember probably my entire four years walking around wondering if anybody was going to find out that I was really a piece of shit. I said it, that I was nothing. And uh, frightened of it all the time. Hence, I went into theater, right? Because that's where you can be something. And my mom, when I was in high school and um, I, I got an agent and, and uh, I, was, I wasn't driving yet, my mom would drive me to auditions. She was thrilled that I was going to be an actress because that's what she wanted to be. You get it? Are you following me here? So she would drive me to auditions and, oh my God, it's so great. But in, but in the back of my mind, I had this intuitive awareness that if I ever became something as an actress, she would be enraged. She would be so jealous. Now, in this book, they talk about, um, Debbie talks about how 
you because it's covert you they're very good at not letting you know that it's them manipulating and sucking your vital energy and devouring your esteem they they're very good at letting you know that it's not them that there must be something wrong with you well what's wrong with you well why can't you do that be that whatever um if you can't do that then you must not love me right this is this was the twist i was always in so it made sense in my 20s when i was connected with a woman I love. Here's the other thing. You love these people. I loved these people. I still love these people. So this is another psychological twist. It's, it's like such a, um, a knot that gets created and it's hard to say, okay, so what's true? Because I love my mom. It, in many ways, I had a very good childhood, except that I was being run by a narcissist who manipulated me and made sure I, she was better than me by me never getting good enough, right? By me not succeeding in all the different ventures I, I went for, except for maybe motherhood. So I met an, another woman in my early 20s and we became fast friends. And I did not realize, I did not realize because I was already set up. I had already lived the first 20 something years of my life with a narcissist. So doesn't everybody have relationships like this? And then my best friend of 30 plus years, I realized was a narcissist in a very covert manipulative way. It was, it was, they make you, I can't even explain it. You got to get the book. But for years, I was enthralled. So here's a couple of things. Here's a couple of, this was in the preface. Are you kidding me? Um, actually, it's in the recommend read the book thing. A covert passive aggressive narcissist is, uh, well, let me tell you who, who victims are because I, that was me. That's what hit me. The victims are likely to be Empathic, I'm raising my hand. Compassionate, raising my hand. Nurturing, yep. Trusting, absolutely trusted my mom. Absolutely trusted my friend. Absolutely trusted my ex-husband. Trust that, trusted them. Didn't trust me, right? Didn't trust me, them. Um, dependable and flexible. All the possible, po positive, beautiful traits of a human being. That's in this so my task was to realize my self-worth. Hence, I am still realizing it. I'm still teaching how to live an empowered life. There are many, many days now that once I've gotten out of this twist of being involved with narcissists, where I do feel empowered. But there's days where one look, one comment, and I'm down on my knees going, oh my God, I'm worthless. Um, and then I get up. And then I use my tools. And I say, no, I had been enthralled. I had been under a spell of three, not one, not two, three narcissists who manipulated me because I was so set up for that. Now, if any of this is resonating with you out there, again, I, I encourage you to listen to my interview with Michelle Nagel. I encourage you to um, 
book a 30 minute session with me to talk about this because people that have been involved with narcissists, we become those other survivors, right? There are people that have had physical domestic violence perpetrated on them. And when they get out and begin to live a better life, they are called survivors. If you've been involved in a narcissistic relationship and you get out, you are a survivor. And then the key becomes how do we build that self-esteem and that self-love and that trust? And what I'm recognizing is what I thought was normal, you know, living, growing up with a narcissist, being friends with a narcissist, being, being in a, 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 a sexual, physical marriage, what I thought was love with a narcissist. I think that's normal. And so what I'm learning now, because the narcissist in a couple of my relationships has raised their head again, even those, those relationships are, well, I'll just be straight up. It was my mom. Um, the narcissist just stood up to me a couple days ago and wanted me to do what she wanted. And I've grown enough and I, I've developed, developed boundaries, strong boundaries enough that, and my intuition leads me now. I trust my intuition that I got it immediately what was going on. And I stood up and said, you can't do that anymore. And I left. She doesn't understand what's going on. Right. Because when you stand up to a narcissist, they work twice as hard to keep you submerged, to keep you enthralled, to keep you tied to them. Hence emas emancipation this month, free from restraint. So the other th small story I'll tell you is when I met my ex-husband, he did everything that this book is talking about. They, they are awesome at uh, showing a face that is so loving and positive. They are really great at um, getting you to think that they really are interested in you when what they see is somebody who's malleable gullible. That was me. And they say all the right things that make you think, oh my God, this is my soulmate. And I was set up at that point to be looking for my soulmate. Now, I, I can't attest to, are there soulmates? Was he a soulmate of mine? Oh my God, help me if he was. But he said all the right words. And in a short amount of time, we were married. And I thought this was the amazing thing. And then in an, another short amount of time, the manipulation was so subtle, the gaslighting, because that's what narcissists do, they gaslight you. If you are young enough and you don't know what gaslight is, watch the movie with Ingrid Bergman and you'll understand it. But the gaslight was so that you begin to not trust your instincts, not trust yourself, so that you have to turn to the person you're in relationship with who's a narcissist to get their verification that you're not crazy, except they tell you you are, right? My friend who grew up with a narcissist and a few other things would call me and say, okay, I think blah, blah, blah. Am I crazy? And I would listen to her and go, no, you're not crazy. But so I became the person that told another narcissist she wasn't crazy. 
while there was a backstage manipulation, backstage, um, oh, tight wire wrapped around me that I didn't know until I got out of the relationship with my ex-husband and began to see what is this? And I could begin to discern boundaries, which I was never taught as a child because narcissists don't want you to have boundaries because then they can't get in and manipulate and devalue you and gaslight you and make you feel horrible. That's, that's where they suck their energy. They get their energy from you. And so when, when we develop strong boundaries, then those people have a hard time getting in the narcissist. So that's a bit of my story. I just felt led to explain it to you uh, a bit. Um, this month is about emancipate, um, free from restraint or the inner bondage. What, so whatever your beliefs are, how you grew up, whatever is in you that is keeping you from feeling fully loved, fully successful, or grounded in yourself. This is the time to really look at it and see, is this true? Because I, I always ask myself that now, when I have low self-esteem days, is this true? Of course that happens after I've cried and journaled and you know, is it true? And oftentimes I find out that those low self-esteem days are triggering, they happen because I still have, uh, a belief that I'm not good enough because I live, I grew up, I was trained by a narcissist. I lived with a narcissist and I had a friend who was that. So the thing, it, the thing about narcissism, one last thing is, is it when you're a victim of it, you think you're crazy. Hello, raising my hand. I, there were many times I thought I was and um, couldn't trust my, my thinking, couldn't trust my choices. But the thing about it is that um, the only people that can understand narcissism are people that have lived with one. If I, when I try and explain this to friends who knew my ex-husband, but he was such a great guy, blah, 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 but your mom is such a wonderful, but your friend, blah, 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 great, 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 awesome, awesome, awesome. And yes, except that the face they put out to public is the face that makes them look good. And, uh, and only the person that lives with a narcissist understands that behind the scenes, the backstage drama is, is not the truth, right? What they're presenting to the world is not the truth. What happens at home uh, in the relationship is such an intense dance of devaluing and making them look good that it's hard to know. So if you have not experienced, I'm telling this to people that are listening to this and they go, oh, I don't have a narcissist in my life. That's great. That is great. That's great. My current spouse, a few of my friends haven't lived with narcissism. Here's the problem. It's very hard for them to understand because they haven't been gaslighted. They haven't been undermined. They haven't been destroyed internally. So 
they cannot comprehend. The only person that can comprehend what it's like to live with a narcissist is another person who has. So when you are in a place of enslavement, right? It's true in history. The only, you can say, wow, I feel bad that you were entrapped. I feel bad that you were shackled. I feel bad, you know, that you had this experience. Except that doesn't even touch. Just saying. It doesn't even touch what the actual experience was. It's true for domestic violence. When you are enslaved by another, mentally, emotionally, or physically, people outside of you, unless they have experienced something almost exactly the same, cannot comprehend why, after years of getting out of that entrapment, you still have triggers. You still react. You still go down that low esteem ladder. It's a, it's a, it's a post-traumatic stress disorder. I think it's more than that, though, because it's a psychological um, destruction. So sorry to be so heavy about this month. I think you'll find the other guests that come after me during the week are going to be much more uh, inspiring. <laughs> but I just felt led today to let you know about narcissism and for anybody that's experiencing that at the effect of that, reach out to me. I'm a little bit further on the journey of healing. Uh, reach out to me, uh, book a 30-minute session, join my book study on June 9th um, to study my book, Live an Empowered Life, because that's a lot of how I worked out some of this. Um, we're going to do it on Zoom for six weeks. Go to my website, susanburrell.com, investigate uh, whatever it is you're led to investigate, and join my Facebook group, Live an Empowered Life. No wonder those are all my monikers, right? Because after my lifetime or up till now, that has been my journey to live an empowered life, free from restraint, free from narcissism, free to be fully me. So that's a little bit of my journey. I hope it helps. And so I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.